still take place today? Are there still people that could get healed from cancer, from sickness, from eyes and different things? Just about a week ago, I was part of a conference in Pakistan over Skype, and people were healed. The blind were seeing, the knees were, pro the problems were gone, the elbows were healed, a growth in a little girl's neck was completely gone and normal. And people were so happy and excited. And they expected to be healed. They had the faith and they just got to know Jesus. It was absolutely amazing. And then only minutes later, when, when from that incredible opportunity that the Lord gave us and the, the many, many healings, I think it was 78 healings that day and many that accepted Christ, I spoke to a, a board member of my ministry on the phone and she says, can you please pray for healing for me? And I don't know what just went wrong there. Maybe it's because we had prayed before for her and she was not healed and something just went cold. So what is it that healings in Pakistan are like that in a very tough country to live in with a lot of danger? And what is it that when it's America, it's almost like there's something in our throat that holds us back. Well, today I have a very special guest with me that is going to say, Barb, you're wrong, because it is happening here, it is taking place, and it is time that we get to be part of the natural of God, which to us seems supernatural. With me today is Brian Ormy, and I am excited for you to meet him, because it's not just me that can learn for him, but you too. Brian, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So how did all this start for you? I know you went to Jamaica for girls, <laughs> but, but you know, is that where your ministry really started or did you already know Christ? I accepted Christ when I was 17, just graduated high school, grew up in a Christian home, but as a child I had a lot of supernatural experiences, but there just wasn't any kind of a grid of understanding, even though my parents were believers. No one could help me process what was going on, so that began so, to shut So down. what was going on? I was seeing angels, demons, having dreams of future events, just seeing things in the other dimensions, the best way to describe it, but not really knowing what to do with all that information. And then it just began to shut down. And then an uh, opportunity opened up to go to Jamaica or for a missions trip. I didn't want to go there to help people. I had my own selfish reasons for going. Girls, but, right? But it, it, yeah. <laughs> I hear that so <laughs> many times. And what happened there? Yeah, even in the midst of that type of a decision, God still showed up. And I remember being on a beach. We had a, a rest day. And I was off by myself, just admiring the beauty. And I heard God, not audibly, but kind of this internal, very strong voice. And he says, I'm calling you to ministry full time. And I said, I don't want to do that. There's no money in that. That was my <laughs> response. And I actually ran from that from a year on. But I knew in that moment that God was calling me to something. So, but did you, did you know what it was? How did you find out where, and why no. Jamaica? What happened in Jamaica that triggered it? There was started? an event the night before this, this happened on the beach. So we had a big rally. So we were inviting people during the day, saying, hey, show up for this rally at night. There'll be worship. Uh, someone would speak. We we're giving out food and water and all that. And they had lights set up, these big spotlights. And then once you get out of the spotlight, it's just pitch black. And so we hear this crash. Uh, three friends of mine, and a car had crashed. So we ran over there. We come out of the light into the dark, and we're helping this lady out of the car. We're surrounded by people. It's pretty chaotic. 
And then all of a sudden I realize there's guys surrounding us, but they're not really surrounding anyone else. And all of a sudden I see knives coming out of their pockets. One guy has a switchblade. Not good. Not good. So I, my friends are football players. They're six, about 6'5". Six, so I, I looked at one of them and said, you're going to have to do something if we're going to get out of here alive. And he just... But was the car accident still real? Yeah. So paramedics had shown up, but we were kind of off to the side, now surrounded by these men with oh. knives. And it's in the dark, and it's, I, we could barely see this far away. And so people didn't really realize these guys had knives or were even surrounding us. And so one of my friends punches a guy in the face. We run back, but it was just something about that experience that kind of obviously shook me. But then I realized uh, there's something actually probably going on in this trip. Why would this take place? So then the next morning happens. God speaks. And I'm like, okay. So what did God say? He says, I'm making you ready I'm for ministry? I'm calling you to the full-time ministry. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. And so for a year, I didn't do that. I went to university. So because you said no, you didn't hear where you were supposed to go? I was miserable that year. I was... Almost, it was like a Jonah's experience. Yeah, it totally was. It's... I was not happy at all. And then my dad finally said, hey, let's check out a school in Springfield, Missouri. I, I grew up in Michigan. And it was a liberal arts school, Christian. I played baseball. And it's like, they have a good baseball program. So we check it out. And as we're leaving town, he says, hey, there's this Bible college on the other side of town. Do you want to check it out? It's like, not really. <laughs> He says, let's check it out. So we go to the property. The moment my foot hits the ground, immediately God says, this is where I'm calling you. So how long were you at that? I was there about four years. Did you see why God called you to that place? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a bunch of process that happened in that whole four years. But it's what led me to Salt Lake City, where we started ministry at the University of Utah. Now, and what really brought you to Utah to begin with? One of the professors got touched by, he was the head of the theological department, very staunch, proper guy, uh, got rocked by God in one of our classes, L literally laid out, his feet were hanging out the door for an hour what? and a half. And it was crazy. Just, yeah. Just had a supernatural encounter. When he gets up, he was a completely different person. Wow. And that must have touched you more. You know, I'm coming from kind of a Baptist background. <laughs> yeah. so. That stuff doesn't happen anymore. And it's not supposed, even at the pulpit, it was said once, what would we do if a prophet would walk in? That would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? We don't know what to do with him. But yeah. you're telling me this stuff is real. Oh, absolutely. So that touched you. Did you join him? Well, I actually went to a, a church that kind of started this for him, which was in Pensacola, Florida. And again, the only reason I went was there's beaches. And <laughs> So. And I was in a place where I was actually mocking things of the supernatural. If I didn't understand it, I would yeah. really criti criticize the person and what was happening. And I got to this place and about 8,000 people, if I remember, from all over the world were crammed into this place. They gave an opportunity for prayer, probably 2,000 crammed up. I want to hear more about that. There's an opportunity to prayer and something really weird happens right after that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. At Bark TV, we deal with all kinds of different situations and many people are calling in for needs. People that are struggling with demonic issues, people that are struggling with relationships or with health issues and many different things. It is an honor to serve you, it's an honor to help you and it's an honor to show you models and stories of how things can go right. Our goal is to show you the problem, to show you the process, and then to show you the solution that God has, not just for the people that come on the air, but also for the people 
that God wants to help you with and bless with. God wants to be there for you. God wants to show you and God wants to guide you. It does cost money to do those things and it would be an honor if you would consider to help us and partner with us to make a difference, not just in the United States, but all over the world. We have a plan. We are part of God's plan and God wants to make a difference. Donate today and be blessed. With me is Brian Ormy, and you got to get to know this guy because if you want to get on fire on God, if you're looking for a coach that could change everything for you and you want to grow in your faith to start not just looking at what everything else is going wrong in this world, but to say, I'm going to make a difference because God is calling me. This is for you. Uh, I'm excited to share with you what is next. And I'm excited to be part of you in learning as well. So, Brian, thank you for being with us. Yeah. You were at a revival and something crazy happened there. I already know what it is, <laughs> but why don't you share with our viewer what took place? Yeah, most profound encounter of my life. So, they open up an opportunity for prayer. 8,000 people, 2,000 cram up to the front. I'm casually making my way. People literally had sprinted diving at the front. I'd never seen anything like don't that. Don't they usually kind of drag forward? Oh yeah, they were running, screaming, I want Jesus, it was incredible. And so I knew in that moment something was real with this. So I casually make my way up. People are falling out, people are shaking, laughing, all sorts of manifestations that are completely offending me beyond measure. Almost looking drunk. Yeah, I was totally offended and I'm judging all of it. And I'm about to leave, and a, an older woman came up, really short lady, about 89 years old. She says, hey, can I pray for you? And I said, yeah, I just don't want to fall or shake. And she just says, well, there's two kinds of people that come up here, those that want to fall and shake and those who don't, and neither are focused on Jesus. Can you just focus wow. on him? I said, I can do that. So I lift my hands, my eyes are open, no one's touching me. She has a little thing of oil. She's about a foot away. And you're down? I went a foot up vertically and was slammed on the ground. Is that the power of God? That was the power of something, it was the power of God. It's happened to me three times and each time I didn't want to go down. Yeah. But, but so you, and now what? So I'm, I'm mugged by God, it's the only way I can describe it because I wasn't asking for this. <laughs> From the neck down, I can't move, my, I'm aware. Were I, you paralyzed? I just couldn't move. I was, it was as if you're just kind of, something's weighted you down to the ground. But I was aware I could look around and, and I said, Lord, I look like an idiot. This, I look foolish. And he goes, yes, you probably do. Oh, and I great. said, what are you doing? <laughs> and he says, you think you understand who I am and my sons and daughters, but you've been mocking the beauty inside of them. And I just, I broke. I was like, I don't want to be that type of person. And I said, whatever you need to do, just do it. So all of a sudden I started doing crunches. I have no control. What, what's a crunch? You know, I'm you from know, a like different a like a sit-up. Why are you doing sit-ups while you're on the ground? So what was happening is a hurt or a wound, something from my past, I would visually, I would come to my Perch mind. it out? And when I would, you know, exhale with that crunch, I'd feel it lift off. Wow. So then the Lord says, you can make it stop if you want. And I just began to weep. I said, if this is what it takes to be healed, then do what you need to do. So for over an hour, I'm doing crunches. If I could only pack shit to in a workout program, that'd be amazing. You would have a six-pack yeah. at the end, probably. Kingdom you know? <laughs> abs or something like that. Yeah. Wow. So you got through that. Yeah. Now, often revival, it is exciting. Yeah. But then life goes on. What Absolutely. was that look like for you? Yeah, I got up from that encounter. It was never the same. I couldn't go back to where I was before. But I had to live that out. It's a process. And really unlearn some things, get upgraded in my thinking, renewing of my mind. 
so I could keep pace with the grace that he wanted me to go to. Okay. Yeah. So you did all that, and then you moved forward, because now, fast forward a couple of years, you yeah. know, your whole life is on fire for God. Yeah. And I know you would kim them straight, but what exactly is it that you're doing? Just helping people to realize there's a supernatural kingdom that they're a part of, that, you know, I'm really passionate about people understanding that they're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, they're ascended. It's not just a future reality, it's now. And so it's bringing heaven to earth, and that the supernatural is just normal. So, and, and your book talks about that. Yeah. Your book also, you have a book which is um, The Ascended Life, and I'm going to pull out one thing for you that threw me kind of when I saw it. It said, it's my job to catch fish, not clean them. Yeah. And, and I looked at that. I was like, I like that because I'm tired of cleaning up people's stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. Or, and, and maybe this is the wrong attitude, but, you know, I have people that can call in 10 times all for a prayer request, but I don't see them change. Is this what you mean by that? Or what are you meaning about Absolutely. this verse? I mean, in that context, I'm talking about if somebody doesn't know Christ, it's not my job to clean up their life. My job is to show them who Jesus is, and then they make their own decision. And then once they're in Christ, it's still not my job to clean up their life. Right. They have self-control. They can self-govern. So I need to teach them. They might have been broken down so much, but I have to re-teach them how to self-govern. Uh -huh. And once they do that, they realize when they're sharing the gospel with someone else, it's not my responsibility to clean them either. I just show them who Jesus is. I cast the net out, and whoever comes to that net, now Jesus cleans the fish. So it's their job for themselves. Yeah. It's not your So your job is basically to apply it, to teach them and guide it. So you have, you know, I used to be this Baptist girl. <laughs> so you have somebody like me, yeah. and, and it's starting to learn everything. And the biggest enemy I had in for me was the incredible amount of out about speaking in tongues or, or my prayer language and, and all these things. And this doubt is just hunting me for years. It's gone now. Yeah. But when you help people to go through that process, to become the fish, you know, to get <laughs> healthy, how do you go about that? I have to address mindsets. I mean, skepticism, pessimism, criticism, cynicism, doubt, it's all flowing from unhealed disappointments. I've made a relationship with disappointment. And because of that, I'm not expecting much. You know, and if I linger there, it will actually lead to unbelief, which doesn't get anything that it expects because it expects nothing. Okay. So I have to help people to get healed in their heart, which is as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's our mind. So the mind has to align with the mind of Christ. So once you start living, in your new identity? Is that Absolutely. what you're saying? Yeah, our thoughts got to rise to our position in Christ. We're seated with Him. So now, now what I've been thinking, what has been helpful to me is like you have the hint, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the devil, your body, your soul, where you do the reasoning in, your spirit, and then yeah. the Holy Spirit. So what I'm hearing you say is you start getting tuned in like a radio station, the right channel, to start putting this one out of place, to start hearing the Spirit, to, the Holy Spirit talking to your spirit, yeah. which influences your, your soul, your free will, and the way your body behaves. Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah, Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the innermost parts of his being. Okay. God uses our spirit like a light. So think of your spirit as a lamp, a light. And your soul is like a light bulb carrying the essence of that electricity. And it pours into the body. So when our minds are renewed, Romans 12, we're to be transformed, which is the word transfiguration. 
So as our body is transfigured, we carry light in our spirit, soul, and body. Okay. So it's all integrated, synchronizing, and we're functioning the way we're supposed to be. Wow. So what do you do when that is you and then opposition hits? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Peace is beautiful. However, finding peace is not always easy. But the result when you get there is life-changing. Are you ready to dream bigger, pray bigger, believe bigger, and live bigger? If you want to break free from dull Christianity and transform to a vibrant, active believer, what are you waiting for? Dare to Believe Big teaches you to believe like never before. It is time to grow, evolve, and expand. Discover four words that can transform your life. Are you ready to build a relationship with God? God has incredible plans for you. It is an exciting opportunity, and you can live each day with a high expectation of what God will do next. Don't wait any longer and sign up for your new free membership. Sign up now and get a free gift at daretobelievebig.com. So the Bible talks all about healing, helping, casting out demons, making a difference, deliverance. It's not just talking about sitting in a church pew, which it's okay to sit in a church pew, but just to sit there, listen, go home, and do absolutely nothing with it. That used to be me, and I called myself a bored Christian. And I was bored with everything because I knew all the cliche answers, and you might know that too. But I want you to know, God has so much more in store for you as just sitting and reading. He wants you to activate it, and he wants you to learn it. Jesus even shared this with us in Mark 16, verse 15, starting. And he said this right before he ascended to heaven. Go into all the world <clears throat> and preach the good news to everyone. And anyone who believes, that's you too, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But, and, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Guess what? That includes you. The snakes and the scorpions that we're talking about here are definitely evil. They're no good. But with me is right now Brian Ormy, who is doing this, who is helping people and seeing all the difference. So Brian, you know about the scorpions, you know about the oh, snakes. Yeah. So the more you get involved with God's work, do you experience more opposition when that takes place? Absolutely, but like Jesus, he just focused on what the Father was doing. He wasn't really paying attention unless it got in the way of what the Father wanted to do. You know, one example is when there's a, a storm on the, the boat and then you get to shore and there's a demoniac. You know, thousands of demons, right? And they're thrown into the pigs off the cliff. And the guy's set free. Well, that was getting in the way of what they needed to do. And then that guy actually becomes a catalyst for that area. But Jesus' focus was the father, not the demonic. So that's it's just good. changing our attention. And then if it gets in the way, then let's deal with that. But let's not go looking for it. Okay, so you never look for the evil? 
Don't but you always look, oh, they'll, they'll show up, they manifest, If you right? do the Father's business, they'll show up. They will just show up. Have you experienced any of that? Absolutely. We were in Utah for eight years, and it was pretty much a demonic Disneyland out there. And we had stuff just about every single week, some pretty profound, crazy encounters, witches, warlocks, principalities, demons manifesting in the natural. Uh, I almost died several times. Lots of, lots of crazy stuff. So, but why did God not stop that even right from the get-go that you almost died? What are you talking about? There was one instance where my wife and I were prayer walking at the University of Utah where we did ministry. And she saw this principality up on the foothills of the campus, which is right in the foothills of the so Wasatch what, Valley. So what did she see? What does that look like? Because the viewer is like, what does that mean? So in the spirit, you know, she's seen with her spiritual eye. You know, Ephesians 1.18, the eyes of our heart is how we see. Our eyes here are data ports. Our heavenly eyes are our heavenly ports. And so she begins to just perceive in the spirit that there's something on this particular area of the foothills that oversees the campus and has dominion. And I said, well, I'm going to go up tomorrow and I'm going to confront that thing. Now, God never said to do that, number one. You did not have the authority. So I went up the next day. I, I literally would start saying, I'm going to cast you off this mountain. You have no authority. And I heard an audible voice. I've never heard God audibly, but I heard this thing audibly. It says, who do you think you are? You have no authority to do this. I will kill you and kill your family. <gasps> Did so, God say that? No, no, no. I was, wasn't that the devil? It was this principality. So I wish I could say I was full of faith and cast this thing. I was freaking out, got in the truck, pulled out. And I got to my place of work that I was working at, at the moment. And I get a call that came into the job. It says, hey, your mom is on the phone. And my dad had had two strokes. His brainstem is bleeding. 